coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. He got her into really competitive teams and whatnot. It seemed like he was it was more so for him than it was for her. So she wasn't really enjoying it as much as uh, he wanted her to. Yep. Your kid is not a window whose sole purpose is for you to relive your childhood. What up? How's it going? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. I hope you are doing well. This is the, uh, a marriage and parenting mental health show. Probably the best one ever. Uh, and here's the deal. I, I got one goal with this show. And it's to help you, the listener, not feel so alone in this world that's gone sideways. To let you know that you're probably not nuts. Or if you are, maybe for the first time, uh, someone that you trust is going to tell you, yeah, <laughs> it's you. This show exists because I want people to have a better life. I want them to have a more peaceful marriage. I want them to be able to sleep at night without medication, to be able to drink coffee in the morning because they want to, not because they have to. I want parents and kids to reconnect. I want people to feel safe in their schools and to feel like schools are helping out and navigate the college process. I want to walk alongside folks. And so that's why the show exists. And I continue to be so grateful for everybody who reach out and say, hey, this is, this is how my marriage is different now. This is how... Um, my interaction with my kids is different now. This is how our sex life has improved. This is how I, I finally got the courage to leave my marriage after this many years um, because of the abuse. And all those things, it, it just, it, it brings me such joy. And so I'm grateful for everybody who's a, a part of this show, continues to grow exponentially. And I'm just so grateful. Um, it, it means all of the world to me, and, but that doesn't matter. What it, it means all the world to folks struggling to get through their day. If you will hit the subscribe button, if you will hit the like button, the follow button, um, if you will leave five-star reviews, it just puts the show in front of other people who otherwise wouldn't know we exist. And for those of you who've been riding with us since day one, thank you so, so, so much. We've gone from 17 listeners to millions, and it's just, it's just extraordinary. So thank you so, so much. All right, let's go out to Savannah, Georgia, and talk to Sophia. Sophia, how are we doing? What's going on? Pretty good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. What's happening? All right, so I'm calling because I wanted to ask you or get your opinion, your help. Um, I have an 18-year-old daughter who basically has no, she doesn't have a good relationship with her father. Um, Where'd he go? So, well, he's, he's around. <laughs> um, they, I can give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, so him and I, we were never married. We never lived together, but they, you know, he would always see her, um, up until about 13 when she turned 13, uh, they had a pretty good relationship. You know, uh, she'd go over there every other weekend and during the week and whatnot. Um, at 13, she started playing, um, sports, softball to be, um, uh, precise. And so, um, he got her into really competitive um, teams and whatnot. And it seemed like he was, it was more so for him than it was for her eventually. Yep. Um, so she wasn't really enjoying it as much as, uh, he wanted her to. Yep. Um, and so she wasn't fulfilling she, his dreams as much as exactly. he, he needed them to be fulfilled by his daughter. So ridiculous. Exactly. So eventually she got out of the competitive teams and she just stuck with high school ball, um, and middle school or whatnot. Um, after that, it seemed like their relationship just went downhill. 
um, because he would always complain and say, you know, she didn't want the responsibility. She didn't no, want. She was 13. Yeah. Right. Of course she doesn't. <laughs> Oh my gosh, right. you are you are pushing my buttons, and it is early this morning. I know it. Well, tell me about it. Um, so, ah, jeez. Okay, let me just pause right here. To every parent listening, your your kid is not a window through which whose sole purpose is for you to relive your childhood. And your kids, think about it. It's another kid tossing a ball and. Another kid hitting it with a stick. Or chasing us. Anyway. All right. I I, I can get derailed here. And uh, it's too (laughs) early to be drinking. So go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So um, basically, you know, the years pass by and um, she's she's 18 now. So she just graduated high school. Um, And throughout the years, he was, he just kind of got a little out of her life. Um. Little by little, I think the whole softball thing was what triggered it. And then he would just say, oh, well, when I call her, she barely talks to me. Or if I text her, she just answers with, you know, hi or no, or, you know, one word answers or whatnot. Um, And I remember I'd always tell him, well, you know, she's a teenager. I don't think she particularly wants to sit down and have a huge conversation about life with her dad right now or her mom, for that matter, you know. Um, so he would always complain about that. Um, He's, he is an immature coward. Yeah. And if you've listened okay. to the show, I don't throw that around a lot, but I'm so sick. Oh, oh the only thing worse than I, I get more frustrated over, I get frustrated over kids, unfettered access to social media. That's number one. I get <laughs> super frustrated by parents obsession with travel sports and forcing their kids along and then saying it's for them. And I especially am sick of kids being responsible for making mom and dad feel special and loved. And that kind of, she just responds with hi or whatever. It's it's the parents' job to show up in that relationship because they're kids, right? Right. Right. And and that's what I've always told him because he would ask me, oh, well, you know, what do you think the issue is? And I said, he's the issue. He's the issue. Right. I I would tell him, you know, I think you're the one who needs to show up. You're the adult. Um, Now that she's 18, he said, well, you know, she's an adult now. You can't use that same excuse. And I said, well, you never really tried either, you know. And so I guess at the end of the day, what I'm wanting to to know is if I should tell her, hey, why don't you try and have a relationship with him? Just because I don't want her feeling like, what did I do for my dad not to love me? She's going to feel that no matter what, because her dad doesn't. Right. So you're trying to create a fantasy that's not real. Okay. I am heartbroken for you that your daughter's dad is such a spineless coward that he's walked out on his daughter. I'm sorry. Because I know that you love your daughter a lot and you don't want to see her hurt like she's going to hurt. Right. And she is. Yeah, and she tells me she doesn't, you know, it it doesn't bother her. It it doesn't. But it does. Of course she has to say that. (laughs) I know it does. She has to say that. Um. Jeez, man. I Yes, she is going to miss her dad. 
And she is going to find all sorts of substitutes in life to fill that massive, massive hole in her heart. Um, but he's a spineless coward. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Um, even the language of, well, she's an adult now. You can't use that. Yes, you can. Because I've seen 70-year-old parents who are abusive and who were dogmatic and who were obsessive about, this is my religion or my rules or my, I'm right. And they finally dropped that charade nonsense and they said, hey, you're my kid. I love you. And the kid was 38. Yeah. And I've seen healing there too. But it has to come from mom and dad because right. they're the parent. Yeah. And your sweet little girl doesn't have that. And so, right. if I'm here's the deal. I, the only thing I can tell you here, I don't have like a a, a clinical study to back up what I'm going to say. I'm just going to tell you that if I was sitting across from my daughter, and her mom had had just mysteriously left, and then would say things like, "Whenever I text her, she just writes back one one word letter, so she doesn't even like me." What stupid crap like that. Uh, and by the way, I would do want to put a pin in something you said before I, I get back to it. I know I'm all over the place because this just gets me all fired mm-hmm. up. Um, the whole idea that quote unquote kids just naturally pull apart when they're teenagers is actually not true. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not borne out in, in the scientific literature. It's not real. They do it because they have to survive. There is some, and I don't mean this in a gross abusive way. I, I mm-hmm. mean this in men become terrified of their daughter's sexuality and they don't know what to do with it. And so they don't, they're not creepers. They're not abusers. They just disappear. And that child has to have somebody in relationship. Moms have a weird interaction with their daughters at times, especially teenage daughters. And it's easier to just kind of back up. I don't want to get in the way. They want to be with their friends. So we have a generation of kids who are being raised by their peers. And we've heard the studies that, you know, peers, peer influence is more than parent influence, but that's because we have become wholly unlikable people as parents. We've abdicated our responsibility to schools and to screens and to um, other peers. And even, even my buddy, like, like a youth minister, parents come up to him and it's like, hey, you're going to teach him this, this, and this. And it's like, that's your job. You're the parent, right? So they, parents have outsourced everything. And now kids, they don't, their parents aren't trustworthy. And so, of course, they're going to hang out with other people. But let me tell you something. When you meet kids who trust their parents and whose parents are fun, likable people who also hold them accountable, I'm not talking about just chaotic, but I'm talking about who are good, solid adults. It's, it's incredible to watch. Their kids love their parents. Of course, they love their boyfriend or girlfriend and their friends, but they love their parents. It's not, it's not a weird thing like it is in so many millions of households. So I want to put, want to put a pin in that. If I'm you <laughs> and I'm having this conversation, um. I would sit down before my daughter goes to college and let her know something was wrong with dad, not you. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm heartbroken and sad that dad chose immaturity and dad chose um, uh, other things, but that she is not the problem. Dad is. Yeah. And I've had that conversation with her because uh, like on Father's Day or on his birthday, if she texts him or calls, the first thing he says, oh, you finally remembered. Oh, or, oh, you remembered because it's a special day or whatever. So I'm thinking, you know, why would he even do that to her? 
Because he's, know a, he's a spineless easy. coward. He's an immature. He's a child. He's a child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm and sorry. So, but, yeah. But here, here, here's what you cannot do. Years. Sophia, you can't well, do this. You cannot put this burden on her. Right. Okay. And you can tell her, I'm really heartbroken that um, you don't have a good relationship with your dad because that's such an important part of human development is having a good relationship with, with your mom and your dad. And you don't have that. I'm so, so sorry. I think that, um, I think that conversation is true and real. And maybe um, woman to woman saying, hey, here's how you might go looking for that relationship out, out in the world. Don't. Or here's how to do this wisely, right? Because um, that, that, that leaning will be there. Um, is to fill up, help fill up that other, that gap. But, oh man, um, don't put the emotional regulation of, of an immature dad on an 18 year old girl. She can't carry that weight. It's not her, it's not her responsibility. At some right. point, if she chooses, and again, not as an 18 year old, I'm talking about a 22, 25, like she's established, she's got a job, she's figuring out life. If she chooses to say, I want to be in relationship with this guy, I want to have something to do with him. I know he's immature. I'm not coming to him to fulfill my needs. Like I'm not coming to him as a daughter trying to be full and loved, but I do want to know my old man. Um, that's, that's totally her idea. And I would hundred percent support that. But okay. she would be going all, it's almost informational at that point. It's almost, I want to learn about myself. It's, it's self exploration um, more than it is um, some sort of um, cathartic healing relationship. Dad left mm-hmm. her, man. And every stage he's left her. And yeah. when she quit, and here's, the, here's the, the meta, when she quit performing for him. When she could perform yeah. for him, he was in. And when she could uh, make him feel good about himself, uh, she was in. But he didn't have the capacity to make her feel loved and seen. And I hate that for everybody. Right. I'm sorry. But for, for all the, oh gosh, all the parents listening. It's not your kid's job to make you feel loved. I don't care how old they are. It's your job. It's your job to make them feel loved. And if they don't text you the right way or they don't call you the right way or they do call you, don't start off with passive aggressive. Oh, so now you decide to just answer the phone and say oh my gosh everything in my day is better because I get to hear your voice I'm so glad you called and by the way don't wait for your kids to call be an adult be a grown up be a parent you call let them tell you Oh, let them roll their eyes and you keep calling and keep calling because never let them think for a second I don't have a safe place to go with, with him I don't have a safe place to go with her Breaks my heart, breaks my heart, breaks my heart. Thanks for the call, Sophia. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to Ashton in Jacksonville, Florida. What's up, Ashton? Hi, Dr. John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. What's up? I'm home today. Well, I have almost like an iceberg of a question. Initially, it's fairly simple, but when it just goes into so many facets of my son and my life, it just becomes more complicated. Sure. Go for it. So a quick backstory. I'm in my mid-30s. I'm happily married to my husband, and we have two children together. Our son was born about 10 and a half years ago, and he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. He is doing amazing. Wow, he's, that's awesome. He, we were told originally his prognosis was he might never speak clearly. He might never walk without assistance. And he's overcome all of those hurdles in these past 10 years. Oh, it's amazing. Congratulations. So, That's so cool. Thank you. We, we know we are blessed. Absolutely. We have supportive family. We have supportive church members. But it feels almost as if we live in this in-between world. Because he's doing so well, a lot of people can't tell initially that he does have special needs. But he also does so well that he doesn't necessarily, uh, I guess for lack of better term, fit in with children with special needs. Mm-hmm. So I'm just asking for some advice on how to help him navigate now that he's becoming a teenager soon. Mm-hmm. We don't want him necessarily to fit in, but have the confidence to know who he is. And know that while there are limitations, I mean, it, it yeah. is a reality. So there's a, there's another the side to this. He, he doesn't fit in with what we would traditionally think is as a classroom um, with full of children with special needs. But that means he also doesn't fit in with the kids running around playing PE or football at PE and running around and, you know, run, like being a normal jumping up and down. So he's kind of finding himself in no man's land, right? Exactly. And he, he started to realize this recently. He mentioned to me the other day that he was feeling a little bit lonely because, you know, the boys will run off mm-hmm. to play tag yeah. and he, he can't do that, yeah. but he can still play. Sure. So, um, and, um if, if it's okay with you, um, Kelly, uh, the producer of the show has very personal experience with this, a very similar situation with her son. And I would love to invite her on to her expertise, her lived expertise in this. Is that okay? Absolutely. Can I just share one more uh, little factor? Absolutely. You got it. Okay. So um, my husband is in the military mm-hmm. and he's gone a lot, like most military members. However, when he's gone, there's no contact while he's gone. Okay. There's no phone calls, no letters. Yep. And so I really, it, it's really just me for five, six months 
of the year. Yep. So that makes it a little bit more challenging, yes. in my opinion. Yes. Um, I'm going to give you a, a, a meta picture that I'm going to unpack here, but I want Kelly to speak into some of the very specifics with your young one, okay? Um, okay. It sounds like there is a fight going on inside of you between the way this should all look versus the way it does. And here's how that unpacks. Who, who wouldn't want to be married to a special ops guy who comes home and says, I'm going to save the world, literally. Can't tell you where or when, but I'll be home. And like that sounds so amazing. And then... It's very romantic in a book. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Like in the movie, when Chris Pratt flexes and it's like, oh, I, 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 I'm like, I'm, Chris Pratt's looking pretty good. Like I'm into it. Right? So, uh, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And there's also mm-hmm. month four of um, a Black Ops deployment, it's really lonely. And then there is the two kids running around and who wants to be having a conversation with their kid about what they can and can't do, right? And you're so grateful that he's doing so good and he's beat every prognosis. And yet we still need to have this conversation because high schools, middle schools can be tough on a man, right? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's something to be set up for the devastating, um, you have to grieve it at some point, owning the reality, this is my picture. And from there, from, from the choice to own reality, out of that is, okay, here's what we can do. Here's, what, here's the, the conversations we can have, the support networks I need, but I'm going to live out of this because if my body's still trying to solve for this picture that's not real, it's going to be hard. It's going to, it's going to constantly feel like you're at war with yourself or it's that underlying, it, that burn of anxiety that never stops, that exhaustion, right? Because we're, we're, we're trying to make a life happen that just isn't our reality. Um, so I'm going to read Kelly on here. Um, Kelly, tell your story about Nathan. Hey, Ashton, how are you? Hi, good. 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 Um, so I am a few years down the road from you. I have a 17-year-old. And he um, is, um, we adopted him when he was two. He has CP as well. Uh, where yours is right side of the body, ours is lower half of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks with a limp. Um, we've had uh, quite a few surgeries and years of therapy, which I'm sure you know that. Um, oh, we live at the therapist. Exactly. The yeah, person. it's like you might as well just move in with them. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of physical therapy, um, some surgeries that were life changing for us. And, but, you know, it's still, it's his. It's the reality we live in. It's his reality. He still has a limp. There's still some things happening. Um, there's still a lot of things he can't do. So I understand where you're going with that. And so what you say, you, you talk about how he's starting to question that. Is he at the point where it's like, I want to play football. I want to do that. I want to do these things. Yes, it is. You know, I want to do some more things, but even more so it's um, like in PE mm-hmm. where, you know, he can participate to a certain point. Right. And he doesn't want to be separated from his friends. And I just, I think, so he actually is highly intelligent. That was he my next was, question. So developmentally, he's fine. Yes. He Great. has no emotional or intellectual delays. He actually was skipped a grade. Wow. Because nice. he is so intelligent, which is mm-hmm. wonderful. But now he's with even bigger kids. Right. That yeah. was, I was about to say that. Yeah. That's probably, it's a double-edged sword there. So let me ask, yes. bo- let me ask both, both moms here. Um, 
Kelly, what 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 is is there a benefit to teaching him? Um, Sheila, my wife calls it exceptionalities. That you've got some differences, and I'm going to teach you how to begin to advocate for yourself, both with your friends and with the PE te- PE teacher. And that's going to be a part. That's going to be conversations that you two moms will have that I won't have with my son. Right. right? But it's just it's it's it's, it's teaching him to own the reality, right? Right. We've we all we've always been very very open about talking about the disabilities because I've got two kids with disabilities, and about that this is just you know your reality. And we talk we always say that the only thing this gets you is better you know parking at the front and better line and you know front of line at Disney, which it doesn't even get you that anymore. Uh, they took that away. But um, you know this just gets you better parking. You still have to function in the world. But it does look different, and there's different ways you have to do things. Does he have a? Um, are you? Does he have an IEP? Uh, no. Um, okay. We we go to a small Christian school. Okay. And we chose that school because we can speak directly sure. with the teachers. And mm-hmm. every year we just have a like a document we sign with the school with certain exceptions for him gotcha. that they will follow. Physical, yeah. I, I would uh, I would tell you. I hear this a lot, and I, it's been my experience that often, not every time, but public schools, because they have to, they have to provide resources by law, um, often Our small bad. private schools will roll out of responsibilities or say, well, we just don't do that or we can't help with that when public schools absolutely 100% will. Because they have to by law. They have to. And one thing we found with Nathan. And very skilled workers. Very skilled workers and other kids like him. Yes. So that is, that leans into the, he is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent months, we even actually had to go through a legal process where the city had said, you know, save these services for a child who really needs it. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> wow. Physically, wow. It, and he's, he's intellectually advanced and we're not looking for a legal battle. I'm, yeah, who you know, we're going to do what we need for our son. You need to reach out to Disability Rights um, uh, Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, Disability Rights Florida, because that's that, that's their purpose. I would have somebody's head on a platter. Nonsense crap like that. Um, I hate God almighty. Okay, let that. me get back to like just Okay, the, sorry, the, you're getting me all fired up. Yeah, I know. That's where I want to go with that. But with the issues you're dealing with, does he have a, a, a group of friends? Yes, at the school, he does have a group of friends. Good. Those, especially those boys, are going to become your his lifeline. Mm-hmm. Um, my son had the same group of friends from kindergarten and we moved in high school and, you know, he's dealt with that and he's done it. But we found out that the, when I dug into those kids and, you know, their, how they, how that group worked, cause I was, I had always had that fear that are they getting left behind? Are they making fun of him? My son falls a lot. That's just who he is. He trips and he falls and they just know they every wait. <laughs> yeah. Every day. It's part of their world. They just wait. They're like, it's just Nathan. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. And so those group of boys, um, I, I started a lot of having those boys around, not just in school. We did things with those boys. It's who we did birthday parties with. It's who we had over um, because I knew they were going to, they will start to protect him from anyone else. Uh, right. Because for them, they're just like, no, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, uh, whatever your son's name is, it's just him. And they don't think anything different. And Mm -hmm. we started having to find, because my son did that, well, maybe I could play basketball. And you know, in your heart, that's not going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not going to work. Well, possibly that could work. What are some other options? 
if you don't do that. And now my, my son plays esports, which is basically a glorified way to play video games. <laughs> um, but it's where he's found his community. It's where he's found his people. And he loves it. And so relying heavily on those boys and their families, getting to know their families. And there are jokes that my son will make about his disability with his friends that I will tell you make me cringe. But it's how he thinks they're funny. He's okay with it. And I always say, you know, you just make sure you're okay with it. Oh, I think it's hilarious because it's just who I am, mom. Mm. It's not, I'm not hiding anything. The, yeah, my, my son's comedian too. He yeah. will call his, like, if he can't pick something up, he'll be like, oh, right, he's not working today. It's, yeah, and uh, you know, my son does some DJ stuff, and he wanted to be, be, be DJ crippled at one point. And I was like, no, we're not nope, going to do that. Nope, we're nope, going to call yeah. a big no on that. <laughs> but I've uh, we've always, with Nathan, just kind of let him lead the conversation um, because let him lead how he wanted to do it, but put plenty of options. You know, here's the options, and if you want to play basketball, buddy – Great. You never know. You might find that coach that'll let him do it. But uh, the way he's, he sees a counselor, his counselor told me something that really helped. Let we let the S as the parents always be the yes. Let the coach or the whoever be the bad guy. If you want to play basketball, bud, great. Let's talk to the coach. Or if you want to play football and then you get to hug them and hold them when they cry because you know it's not going to happen. But you're the one that says, great. I'm, I'm behind you if that's what you want to do. But then when you know it's not going to happen, all right, well, let's look at chess or mm. acting or whatever. But that you That was very helpful because I, my husband and I want to raise him as he's just a person. He's, right. He's James. You know, this, this isn't, it's a part of his life, but it's not his it's life. It's not who they are. It's right. just, you know, it's just like I have brown hair. And it's exactly. a part that and sucks. I, I always encourage him. I and I wasn't sure now that if he's getting older, I should say no, because I've just been doing what you read recommended, giving other options and saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, we'll see, but look into it. And as he got into middle school more, we had, well, why don't you go talk to the coach? Kind of making him do it a little more. Okay. And then when he was like, mom, he said, you know, that he doesn't think it'll work. Okay. Well, do you have any interest in being the manager? No. Okay. Well then, you know what, when you cry, that's when I, that's where I come in. And, 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 then, by, and by the way, for, for parents, that don't have kids with special needs. Um, my sister was a, is a savant. She's a brilliant. She was on the academic decathlon team. My little brother missed like two questions on the ACT. And then there was me, the football player in the middle, right? So my parents had to, they had to have different conversations yeah, with every me. Every kid is different. That's right. And so I think it's backing out of your expectations and dreams and wishes mm-hmm. for this one and saying, who is this human being before me? And what special contribution can this kid make to the world? And what limitations is this person going to have? And every kid's going to have them. Mm-hmm. Children with special needs are going to have more pronounced ones that we can all see. But it, it, yeah. but it's it's and you can't clear every obstacle, right? You just can't because you're not. You know, he's going to have to live a life, mm-hmm. and you can just mm-hmm. I, you know you know we've told Nathan before I can't clear this obstacle, but I'll help you figure out a way around it. And okay. you know what then, can I I do to help you? And if you need me to advocate for you, if you need whatever, I'll do it. But it's not just going to go away because it's just part of the world. They have to live in the world still. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as a child, as a parent with a child with special needs, um, I've seen all sorts of children in the therapy if we go to the doctors, and I see so many families who have it much more challenging and heartbreaking than us, and. I struggle with feeling almost guilty, 
using services sometimes. Stop. Stop nope, with that. Nope, get nope, that out of here nope. right now. Don't ever feel guilty. Bye, no. Felicia, with that. Yeah, that's done. You, get, you cannot compare tragedy. Right. You can't compare um, pain. You can't compare individual circumstances. There are, your reality is your reality. There are plenty of services. You yes. need them for... It's not some zero. Yeah, there's not just a, you know, a pie and this is all we get. You know, there's only so many services. You have as much right to those services because you're advocating for your child. So yeah, you got to let that one go. Because Okay, because we've just we've we've gotten our child everything that had been recommended. It's just we've you know, had to go through several locations to try and find someone who would give it to us without us having to fight them. Right. right. And, and, and that's, that's because we live in a messy, ugly. And sometimes you will have to fight them. Yeah. And that's okay because you, there are services, I hate to use the word entitled, but that you have the right mm-hmm. to, but don't ever feel guilty. And I mean, like there's times with, you know, like, hey, the handicapped parking spot, there's one four down from that that we could take. And Nathan's like, I'm fine walking that, mom. I can do it. Okay, great. We'll do that, you know, and not take up that spot in case somebody needs it. But yeah, you got to let that, that guilt go. That Yes, there are. Again, we don't compare tragedies. There's different versions. Everybody's fighting their own battle. So yeah, that you're doing what you got to do for your boy. Okay. Smile, smile big, smile big, and and for whatever it's worth, um, I've I've taught at the university level, at the highest level, with doctoral students, and I've taught um, law students. So I've I've been in across the board here, right? Or I would say I taught law students, served law students. Um, <laughs> The opportunities for your child are going to look different, but the, the the world is is open for them, right? And so let that let that little boy be who he's going to be, and be the be the fuel in his jetpack, not the GPS system telling him where he's going to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Two other things. Hold on, I want to say real yep. quick. Um, not a bad idea, maybe to start a counselor. We started a counselor with our son about maybe twelve, ten, twelve, because there's going to be some anger issues. And there's going to be some things he doesn't want to talk to you about. So yes, we actually just started counseling perfect. for him. That is a great I wanted thing. to find a man who and that's what we could have. be there for That's what him. we did. And it was great. And it's been, and Nathan's 17 and he still goes once a month and he loves it. Okay. So that's a great thing to put in place. And then learn to be the sounding board when he comes home and says, mom, it really sucked today because they played basketball and I couldn't do it. You can't fix that. Remember that you can't fix it, but you can sit there and go, wow, that must've really hurt. Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me about it. Can I hug you? Yeah. yeah. You want a hug or, yeah. you know, whatever you can't fix them all. And sometimes you just have to sit there and go, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I'm sorry. That really does suck. And can I challenge you and husband? Yes. Um, this is easier for me to say because it just doesn't apply to me at this moment in my life. I would love to challenge your husband to every week he's home, write a letter and put it in an envelope that's undated so that every week he's gone, your two kids get a letter from dad. Telling him how much he loves them and how special they are, how um, like uh, an exciting memory he might have that's not um, that he can, that he could share a piece of or something, but that they are getting something, um, some sort of communication, some sort of reach out. And five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now, the effort, the kids will, will, will understand what links their dad went to, um, to 
to make them feel special and seen and loved even when he was out uh, fighting evil in the dark. I think that'd be a cool thing. That's a great idea. We are definitely going to implement that. That won't be fun for him, I know, but um, man, I think the I think the gift long lo, downstream to your kids would, would be magical. But all in all, um, Kelly, thank you so much for your wisdom and insight there. Uh, thank you for being a great mom, Ashton. Thank you for being a great mom, and congrats to your son for just continuing to defy the odds. Um, I love the idea of every parent sitting back and asking themselves, not what can I make my kid do. What, what, what is my kid capable of? Who is this person in front of me? What are they into? What do they love? What are the things we need to rally around them, right? So if your kid is all into theater and choir, that's incredible. You're going to have to be helped with, with movement. With I think I want you to play soccer. I want you to, we're going to go outside and go for walks together because movement's important. And if your kid is just jock 2000, let's go crush him in cool. Um, I want you to take uh, piano or violin too. Like I'm, I, it's it's our job to round out our kids, but it's not our job to say you will end up here. I'm telling you, can't count the conversations. Lots of them. Kids in their fourth year of grad school are finishing up a PhD or finishing up an undergrad degree, saying I absolutely hate my life and I'm only doing this because mom and dad said. This is what you're right. Right? They 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 forced me into a path. Um, moms and dads just love our kids, and Ashton's just setting a great example for her little one. Thank you so much for the call, Ashton. We wish you guys the best. Holler us if I can ever help. And thank you and your husband for your service. And um, for all those that are out on ops that none of us know about, except for the husbands and wives sitting at home with their jaw clenched, we're grateful for you. We'll be right back. All right, let's go out to uh, Charlie in Kansas City, Missouri. What is up, Charlie? Hey, John, how's it going? Partying, man. What are you up to? Oh, just working. Very cool, dude. What's up? Um, so it's kind of a complicated question, but also not, you know, doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it's really been bothering me. Okay, bring it on. So uh, recently I, I just got engaged to my fiance, and uh, her parents have Generously gifted us um, ten acres to build a house on. Is is it is um, that ten acres connected to a family place? So yeah, there's Ooh. thirty. I mean, it's forty total, but no one lives here. So, um, but it's theirs. Yes. Yeesh. Um. So you know they've just used it recreationally over the past. You know, whenever they bought it twenty years ago. Um, and you know, didn't do much upkeep, just hired a farmer to farm the fields and then, you know, rode four wheelers or dirt bikes or whatever. Um, so over the past you know, year and a half, two years, we spent a lot of time and money. Um, hey, talk, talk directly growth. into your phone, Charlie. Um, there you go. Is this better? Much better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So over the past, you know, year and a half, two years, we've spent a lot of time and money fixing it up, you know, putting in a road, building you know, basically the utilities for it so that it's usable. Are y'all already living uh, together? Uh, yes. Okay. I was, I was wondering why you were fixing up your girlfriend's parents place, but okay. All right. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've been dating for a very long time. Okay. So, okay. All right. Um, and we should have been engaged probably before we did, but that's besides the point. Okay. Um, 
took me a while to get around to it. Um, so the problem comes with my fiance's dad and it's not that big of a problem. And he's a wonderful guy to be around except for when it comes to working out at this, you know, this place we're building a house. Um, I, I have very high standards, um, you know, with my stuff, I like to keep it nice and, and keep it looking good. And it seems like every time, um, he comes out here to help, uh, you know, things get ruined, you know, roads get trashed, you know, stuff gets mowed that shouldn't be mowed. Um, you know, that type of stuff. And I, you know, it makes me angry. So, you know, kind of like you say in your, your podcast, when you get angry, walk away. And I try and do that, you know, so that way I don't, you know, I don't know the right word for it, but it, how 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 much, how much of, of the frustration here of your anger is because you're not clear. You have a vision for this place and then he comes to help. So I, when I moved to my new place out here, I I live on some acres out here. I mowed my neighbors. I I live next to an elderly neighbor. I mowed their field for them. It took me four hours. I was trying to be a good neighbor, show this new person how great I was. And I mowed their hay field down. Like, I I, I totally screwed up, dude. I, I, it was like, my wife came home and she's like, she grew up out in, on acreage too. And she's like, what have you done? And I was like, I'm, I'm a great neighbor. And she was like, no, no, you're not. But I didn't know. I didn't know. So is there a clarity issue or is he just like a good loving disaster? It's, and that's part of it. Whenever we bring something up, you know, he apologizes and says he won't do it again. And then the next time he's out here, something happens. So at but what also, point do you quit inviting him out? But the thing is, you know, it's his place as well. That's the, the problem. But he's doing it all out of the goodness of his heart, you know. Um, so it's, it's I, I don't know it, it, how it, to... Here's the, here's the magic line. You got to choose guilt over resentment. Because you're yeah. going to get dangerously close to getting sick of the side of this guy. Well, I, <laughs> that's the thing. Right. I mean, he's wonderful to be around elsewhere. I sure. love him but then when he comes out here it's like oh no yes and so choosing guilt over resentment meaning i'm gonna have to choose the guilt i'm gonna feel by telling him hey i want to be like i want to learn how to do all this stuff and so i'm asking you to not help with this property anymore with the fencing we want to build with the house clearing with the field clearing whatever's going on i want to do this work myself or I want to go through the bid process and I'm so grateful for your heart, but I want to do this. And you're going to feel really guilty and he might feel hurt. And he might even say, I just gave you 10 acres. You can't tell me what to. And then the other option you have is I'm not going to take 10 acres adjacent to family farms because they're always going to think it's kind of ours. Yeah. Or I'm going to buy uh, the whole thing. I'll buy the whole, I'll buy all 40 acres from you. And it's just mine. Yeah. Well, and that's what, I mean, we kind of, talked about um but all, i mean that's the thing he they say you know we can do with it exactly how we want you know we've maintained all of it we mow all of it we you know do all the stuff for all of it and then you'll have any kids you know, no not yet <laughs> when you when y'all have kids you'll realize oh that's not what they that's not what they mean <laughs> yeah like yeah. of course you can do whatever you want to with it except not really because it's kind of still mine because i gave yeah. it to you 
So what does uh, your what does your fiance think about this? She think you're I mean, being ridiculous? Kind of, no, she agrees. Um, why won't she talk? To, why won't she tell her dad? Hey, dad, would you stop doing this? Well, there's communication problems there. Correct. So, um, uh, here's what's about to happen. If it hasn't already, you're going to start getting your frustration at him is going to start bleeding off on her. No, no, that is not the case. I mean, I, I it's not there, but I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um. So, how do I? I mean, it's not necessarily my place to, you know, tell him what to do. So, like, how how do we go about this? I mean, it's your place to say, hey, please stop coming on my property. Um, I mean, it is your place. Unless yeah. he gave it to her, so, and it's not technically yours yet. Um, well, and, and she agrees that we don't, we want him to come out and have fun, you know, ride dirt bikes, whatever. Just please stop working you know stop <laughs> have you ever it, sat down with a, with a with a with a i don't know like a piece of graph paper or a map and said here's our dream for this and here's what we want to do and here's what we're not going to do anymore you ever done that um what do you mean meaning have you ever sat down with him and said hey these 10 acres here's what our plan is we're going to put a pond over here we're going to have grazing over here we want to raise chickens over here and so we're not going to mow this area at all anymore. Um, this area over here, I want to hire a company to come in and do some professional pond work. Um, I know you can probably do that. I could probably do that, but I want to hire this out and I want to learn how the GC process works, how the general contracting process works and what it's like to do. I want to learn all this stuff. It's going to cost money. It's going to yep. take time, but I want to learn how to do it. Over here, I'm building a chicken coop. If you could help me with that, that'd be amazing, right? And so what you're doing is clear as kind. You're being very direct on. And then if he goes and mows a field down that you've sat down and said, hey, we're preserving this, then you can say, hey, man, we talked about this. Then it's a violation. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's just a guy trying to help. And it's like, hey, I got it, dude. He doesn't know what I got it means. And he sees that you're busy and he, he wants to be a good father-in-law. You see what I'm saying? It just kind of gets messy because there's no clarity. Yeah. So sit down and tell him how he actually feels. Um, well, and I think, I think it's before how you actually feel. I think it's, here's what our, our intention is with this 10 acres. Here's our plan. And yeah. here's how I want to see this thing play out. Here's how me and my, my fiance, soon to be wife, plan on doing this stuff. And then it's just, it's just very clear for him. You don't have to sit him down and be like, and I'm really pissed off that you did it like this and like this. It's less about that and more about here's our intentions for this. If he violates those, basically what you're doing is you're giving him boundaries. If you violate those yeah. boundaries, now we got another conversation to have. See, but that's kind of—I mean, we've already. Every time something happens, we ask him to not do that, and then you know, something else happens. So, that's what I mean. Is it, so? Is he doing the same thing over and over? Uh, I mean, not really. Um, it's, but it's just. Give me an example of just, something he's just blown. Uh, we planted a bunch of trees and. You know, they got bush hog down, but they're not like they're five foot trees, you know, how can you, you miss those or, you know, uh, we've installed a, you know, half or a quarter mile road. Um, and then he goes and drives a, you know, a big skid loader on it and tears it up, you know, ruts it up and all kinds of stuff by not, you know, by going too fast or, or, mm -hmm. you know, turning too quickly, which you know, it takes me 15 minutes to go over there and smooth it back out. It's not a huge deal, but it's, it's, it, 
it's just the the premise of it. I don't go over to their house and, and run up their yard. Right. And so um, what you just gave me is also, um, mm, I, I, I hesitate to, but I, I call that a character issue. I, I had somebody come and absolutely trashed my yard recently. Uh, a vendor came and just rutted it up and they wrote me a check for it because they were taking well, care of, they were taking care of their business. It tells me if he's going to come put huge divots and not realize that he's just completely rutted up your field or rutted up your driveway and he's not doesn't say hey man I'm going to take care of that I'm going to come get it fixed up. That's a character issue. Right? That's a sit down and say hey man when you came over and trashed this it, it or really made this difficult. This that was hard. That was hard for us. I don't have time to come back and fix this stuff up. I'm really grateful for your help, but all ultimately here's the deal. You're trying to piecemeal this. What about this? What about this? What about this? And in your head, how in the world can you go bush hog down five foot trees? That's insane. I'll tell you, it's just a city guy. I, I mean, it sounds insane, but I, I can see myself doing that. Just trying to be really helpful. So it's really helpful for a guy like me who loves to help, who loves being outside to have some clarity over what's right and what's not. That's number one, being super clear. The second thing is being direct, choosing guilt over resentment. I want to be the person who does this, so would you please stop mowing my yard at all? Please don't do any bush hogging on the yard. Please don't be on the, on the driveway that we just had redone. I'm working. Here's my picture. Here's what I'm trying to do here. And he might get his feelings hurt. He might feel guilty. But if you feel comfortable saying, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened, here's what I want to do. I just want to stop all the work on the place and I want me and fiance to work on it. And it might also be really important for her since you're not even married yet um, for her to sit down with her dad and say, hey, dad, we want to do this thing together. Just us two, just grind it out ourselves. Um, we, we need you to stop doing work on the place and we want to own what happens from here. Um, if you want to have a contest to see whose who's acreage, acreage looks nicer, cool, we can do that. But um, otherwise, I'm telling you, it might not be bleeding over now, but you're going to start getting frustrated with your wife because it's her dad. And you're going to start getting frustrated with yourself because the clarity or this, that choose guilt over resentment every single time. And dude, none of this is easy. I don't you hear me say this is easy at all. I got a great father and I love talking to him. He's a great guy. He's just at my house. This would be a hard, I'm just imagining, this would be a hard conversation for me to have with him. Anybody try to help. But I still have to have the conversation. Still have to, still have to make it happen. Thank you so much for the call. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show from the great Tom Petty, song is I Won't Back Down. It goes like this. I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. I'll stand my ground. I won't be turned around. I'll keep this world from dragging me down. I'm going to stand my ground. Hey, baby, there's ain't no easy way out. I'm going to stand my ground, and I won't back down. The great Tom Petty. Love you guys. See you soon.